0: this week, which when she told me this whole drawing out of a hat, I almost said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm busy that day, whatever day it may be. Um, But I got to cheat a little bit, and I got to choose virtually about a week ago, maybe two. So the question of the day is, if God knows our hearts and prayers before we ask, then why pray? And I've been thinking lately about how my prayer life has jumped up in frequency most recently. Let me tell you this story. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my girlfriend surprised me with a trip to Fado, Portugal. I know, life is hard living in Europe. Easy, cheap flights to places like the beautiful coast of Portugal. But she had timed it just so, because the idea was that we would fly out over the weekend and fly in at 11 p.m on Tuesday night and I was to fly to Portland, Oregon at 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning from a different airport than we flew in. So we were supposed to fly into to Schoenfeld, and then I was supposed to fly out of Tail a few hours later. So we had timed it just so, I think you know how the story is gonna happen. Uh, timed it just so, so we could fly in, no problem get the public transit or a taxi to our home in Neukölln, which is in a different part of Berlin altogether, to where I might catch like an hour or two of sleep where I already have my bags packed, so I would have to taxi to the next airport to be there at 4 a.m. On Wednesday morning to fly from Berlin to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Portland, which is a very long flight, by the way. So we were flying in and all was going well. They were a couple of minutes late flying out of Portugal, but that's fine, we built in some hours, right? Like, no problem, I've got time. And as we start to circle towards Berlin, the pilot says, well, we're right in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> and so we're gonna have to circle around Berlin a couple of times. At this point, my prairie life is going through the roof, <laughs> right? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Oh, dear God, this can't be happening because there's now lightning right outside of my airplane window and the plane is dropping quite significantly. So my first prayer is, oh, dear God, please let us live. Oh, dear God, please let us live. When it seems apparent that this would happen, that we would actually survive this thunderstorm, which, <coughs> I'm sure the not worried, they announced that we would be a little late because we might land in a different part of the country. So my prayer became, oh, dear God, please let it be to Berlin. Oh, dear God, please let it be Berlin. I only have a few hours, so I don't want to be touching a bus from, like, Cologne to Berlin to miss my flight. After four kind of tries to around Berlin and finally landing in Schoenfeld, I was like, oh, dear God, thank you for letting us land in Berlin only 40 minutes late. But Germany, a land full of rules and laws, as you might know, has a law that if there's any lightning, airports close and no one will out on the tarmac. Oh, dear God, open this plane. Oh, dear God, open this plane. It's now 1230 in the morning. It's now 1:30 in the morning. Oh, dear God, let me off this plane. Oh, dear God. It's now 2.30 in the morning, and I'm supposed to get a taxi at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I am through the roof, and I am audibly saying, please, dear God, let me off this plane. Please, dear God, let me off this plane. Please, dear God, let me off this plane. To which my neighbors are starting to wonder why they asked me how I was doing. (laughs) At 2.45, they let us off the plane, and my prayer then becomes, oh, dear God, let me find a taxi. Because why it was so important to catch this flight just a few hours later was for two reasons that have extended my prayer life beyond what I knew it could be. My grandmother passed away at 98, and (coughs) I was to be in the funeral. Not in a bathing suit, by the way, in a really nice black dress I had packed. My pack at home. (laughs) The other was that my youngest brother and his wife just lost a baby after two and a half weeks of being born and with us in this world and I couldn't explain to everyone in the taxis that my little brother is the most important person in my world right now he lost his child so back up a few weeks Holy Week and my youngest brother and his wife who are 25 and 27 are expecting their first child and they discover Theodore Paul has a brain bleed and so they will induce him 37 weeks, and if he survives birth, they will send him home to be on baby hospice to lead him out of this world of love and comfort. And my prayer line was I don't even know. It was protect my brother from this pain, it was be at peace with my nephew who's coming home to you. It was, if you could do anything at all, could it please be a miracle, right? All of us have that prayer. Even when we know everything, when we have all the information, when we know it's not possible, there's some little piece of us that prays to God, please, dear God, save this one, right? So I went through the line. And I said, please, dear God, give <laughs> me because my prayer life was already at max amount as far as surrounding my brother and his wife in love and comfort and care and just seemed to be big sister who showed up. I did get home with just a few minutes to spare, literally grabbed my bag, took a quick shower, got in the next taxi, and I was on a plane to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Portland, sleeping most of the way. So when I read the question, if God knows our heart, why do we pray anyway? The response that I instantly have in my body, because I knew that God knows my heart when I prayed for Theo, when I wished him peace as he left our world, when I prayed for my family was, because it's really not about God, it's more about me in some ways, right? It's more about how in that moment where I'm saying, please dear God, please dear God, please dear God. That the instant response that I receive from God is stilling of my heart and of peace and of open communication. Because in those moments, it's not about me trying to convince God of something else. Or of course, God knows who I am through and through. We are told that by the psalmist. God has created us and knitted us together. God knows every cell, every heart murmur, every moment of catching our breath. In fact, Romans 8.26 tells us that sometimes the Spirit intercedes for us with those sighs too deep for words, because God knows us so well, and there are times when even we can't speak. But when I'm praying so wholeheartedly, it's not because I'm trying to convince God something else. It's because I need God to speak to me and change my relationship with whatever I'm praying. I need to be reopened in a different way or perhaps a stilling of my heart or perhaps just an opening of my mind to say what have I seen in front of me that God has already created around us when I was asked to choose the scripture Psalm 139 immediately popped up as something that knows me but then I thought of this gospel text in which there are two prayers on the scene. It's not usually chosen for this context. But it's so unusual that Jesus would choose this particular uh, story because, number one, a Pharisee normally would not be this loud and pretentious, uh, according to ancient context. And a tax collector normally wasn't Jewish. So for a tax collector to show up on the scene at the Jewish temple is, number one, an oddity. Number two, the tax collector beats his own breast which in that context was usually a wailing, mourning, women's cry. So for already in public, for this maybe non-Jewish ta- male collector to take this position of prayer is an oddity. And then for it to be so open-hearted, to change the relationship between the prayer and what is being prayed to, would have the context of Jesus, the audience say, what is happening in a way that we need to reevaluate how we pray? And the context is about um, what humbling context is, but at the same time, it's about how we pray to God in a non pretentious <coughs> way. And so to make a duality out of that misses the point. Instead, looking at the relationship between what could be the prayer that we pray to change our own position, our own stance changes how we look maybe at the gospel lesson. So perhaps it's not the words that the tax collector says, but the way it transforms who he is at base in relationship to God, perhaps is something that we can learn from the tax collector. Because it changes his perception by others towards him, It changes how he moves in the world and god actually elevates him in a way that changes and transforms and perhaps resurrects this human being through prayer totally transfiguring his whole perception of self and how he works in community and in that moment i thought well perhaps that's the role of prayer for us to transform who we are not necessarily who god is but to take on this version of humility or perhaps peace or perhaps moments when we just get to open ourselves and be vulnerable to God, opening the communications for God. And this is reinforced by leaders and um, prophets in our world. Gandhi said, prayer is not asking. It's a longing of the soul. It's a daily admission of one's weakness. It's better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Or Storm Kierkegaard says, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. And Nadia Goldsweber, a more modern voice, says, God, please help me not to be an a hole, I won't fill in the blank, you can, is about as common a prayer as I pray in my life. These prayers are actually about transforming ourselves into being better God-filled people rather than transforming or changing God's mind. And God knows our heart, and so what we bring forth is the conversation that we get to know our heart even better. For when we actually speak things in words or in our mind, perhaps it opens up places that we didn't even know existed in ourselves. I say things in my prayer life that bring clarity that I've never said out loud before. God may I already, already know what that is, but I maybe didn't know that yet until it came into my consciousness, into my prayer life, into my basic prayers of help, thanks, and wow, as Anne Lamont says, right? These simple prayers that open us up more in a way that brings us a channel to God. My prayers over the years have changed because of this concept. The first time I ever heard how this prayer could change my life, I was a staff member at Sierra Service Project. Seeing Judy reminds me, her granddaughter is on staff now in Arizona. And a fellow staff member was asked to pray in public and she said, hey God, it's me, you know me. And she continued on with her prayer. So why am I making this formal? If the basic premise is, hey, it's me again. (laughs) So in the morning I wake up and say, hey God, it's me. Because God already knows me, but perhaps it opens up a channel to know me more. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, all knowing omnipresent God, you have known us since the beginning of time. You have knitted us together in our mother's womb you know our waking and our sleeping you know darkness and light you know when we are at our most desperate time and when we are in our most joyous moments you know when we feel thin space and when we feel distant from you you know when we need help the most or when we give thanks to you and yet when we say these things out loud we are more connected to you Help us to pray things that might give us clarity to who we more fully become in you. Thank you for the prayers that give us clarity as to what we knew all along but have not said in words. We are in awe of who you have created us to be. We are in awe of the wisdom that you pour into us at just the right time. We are in awe when you walk alongside us that the prayer that may not be answered in the way we thought it should be is the miracle of you showing up anyway. Walking alongside us through our darkest times and our lightest moments. We give thanks for all of this. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.